Hello everyone and welcome to the Sport Overload Podcast. Today I'm delighted to have former Cork Ladies Gaelic footballer and AAFL player actually, Breed Stack. Welcome on Breed. How are you doing? Thanks Mark. So I suppose we'll start at the start like was sport like a big thing in the Stack household I suppose growing up? Yeah, it would have been. Um, I suppose my dad played um football for years. Um, so yeah, it would it would have been a, I suppose a big thing in our house. It was never a pressure. There was never a pressure put on us. But I suppose when you come from a small village, there's probably not too much to do. Um, you know, when we were younger, so we kind of got thrown into all the sports that were on offer. And in Rockchapel, where I'm from, um, I suppose um. Gaelic football and badminton were the two main sports. So myself, my brother, my sister, we all played um played um badminton and football. Um I loved both. I loved the I loved badminton. I love what um you know it carried me all over the country. I was lucky enough to play with Cork as well in badminton. Um but I suppose I always gravitated a bit more towards the football. I love the team aspect. Um and I suppose that's something that you know, I didn't I didn't get that buzz um in badminton when it was kind of individual. Um so I always gravitated towards football and um yeah, started off I suppose playing with the boys like all other girls my age. Um there wasn't a, a girls team. Um so yes, we'd great all crack, burying each other with shoulders and things like that. But sure that was the, the crack back then and um I suppose yeah, I was was very fortunate that I kind of got a, a push to go for a Cork under fourteen trial and um, got my foot in the door and made sure I, I kept it there and uh, yeah just kind of made my my way up through the ranks and ended up on the senior team Um, so yeah so that's how it all started really Once you're on that under 14 team the rest was history Well no uh, you were always kind of under pressure but I suppose when I got on that under 14 team I absolutely just adored it Um, I suppose when I came onto that team I was playing with the likes of Breach Carkery, Rena Buckley Nareesh Kelly Geraldine Flynn um, and like obviously we didn't know that they were going to be the household names that they are now but um, you know back then we were all I suppose we were very similar and we just gravitated towards each other and I think when you hang around with good people like that you know you you become a little bit better yourself and you want to be better and the girls were extremely motivated and made me motivated and uh, I suppose we got a bit of of success with Cork under 14s which made you want to come back for more and make sure that you made the panel for the under 16s and make sure you made the panel for the minors and that's how it was it was a, a very very difficult team to get onto but um I suppose starting off at under 14 probably gave me the confidence to kind of keep trying to go for trials in the following years and things like that. So that's how it kind of progressed. And then, of course, yeah, went up to the big team, the senior team. Um, yeah. And it's safe to say you had a good bit of success with them. <laughs> just yeah. uh, 11 All-Ireland, like. Just, just 11, yeah. Um, No, I suppose like, you know, when you start playing with the seniors, you don't envision that ever happening. And I suppose certainly not from a Cork perspective. Cork had never won a, a senior All-Ireland. Um, they had a team at senior. Um, they had some outstanding players, but the system, I suppose, wasn't brilliant. The setup wasn't uh, conducive to, I suppose, being a competitive team. And um, 
And that was no kind of slight on anyone that was there. It was just the setup wasn't kind of well established and it wasn't in place. Um, so there was kind of constant drop off. You didn't know who was going to be turning up to games. So there, there didn't allow for any continuity to build. Um, so what happened was there was new management came in. Eamon Ryan came to the helm. Um, Mary Collins, who was from my local club, became manager. And she's a very straight talker. And I suppose people just like that, you know, like anyone, like kids in school. Everyone likes a bit of routine and everyone likes being told this is what we're doing and we're all going to buy into it. And I suppose we all just bought into it. There was our group from the underage that were really successful. There was a group that was, say, Juliet Zira, Nully Cleary, Valerie, that they weren't very successful, but they were excellent players, but it just never came together for them. A lot of them probably at that time prioritised club over county, which was just the way that Cork football was. Cork football, club football was good, um, but the county setup wasn't great. Um, so it just took, I suppose, someone like Eamon to come in and gel everyone together. And he did. And I suppose that first All-Ireland, like I can still remember it as if it was yesterday. I was 18 years of age, running out onto Crow Park. It was the greatest feeling I've ever, I've ever felt in my whole life. And I think that final whistle, Jesus, it was, it would send tingles up the back of your neck. Like even now thinking about it, like, you know, that final whistle when it went, Um, you know, I suppose looking at All-Ireland finals now and, you know, thinking back to my first All-Ireland final there was a massive pitch invasion because that was just the you know what happened at the time and like to to look at like your neighbour from down the road who travelled like three and a half hours up the, up to see you um, you know playing Crow Park was just the stuff of dreams and we were up on top of people's shoulders and the whole there was just a sea of red in Crow Park that day and it was just one of the greatest memories I think I ever have um, um and so I suppose what happened after that was probably what, what was unprecedented, but it was the start of it. Uh, Eamon would be big into, would have always been big into, you know, if you, if you win, that you celebrate those wins. And that was very important to him. So I think we visited every, nearly every um, panel members um, home place from that September until December. And I don't, I'd say we were out every single weekend. I'd say there was plenty of floors that needed changing in, in across Cork County like that, those three um, months. But uh, it was probably what bonded us and gelled us and just the crack over those couple of months. Like he knew what he was at in a way, kind of letting us just go buck wild for a couple of months. And, you know, when everyone came back then in January, there was plenty black smoke, but there was also a massive motivation to try to experience that again because it was just a high that none of us had ever experienced before um and then I suppose yeah we we got over the line we barely actually got over the line uh, in our second all Ireland against Armagh so we just kind of said after that I suppose like that it was a case of let's let's try not get caught again let's make sure that we're raising the bar every year and that's what you had to do in ladies football like you do in the men's you just have to try to be that little bit better every single year and you have to like you know I suppose what you did last year is not going to be good enough for this year so um thankfully we had a, a good roller coaster of a decade of it yeah um just going back to the crack there of the first one like I'd say that was a good crack now Alright, there was uh, extinguishers going off, there was yeah, there was plenty bar dancing, there was everything. Uh and I suppose the more rural you got into West Cork and uh East Cork and North Cork, you know, the kind of wilder it got. But sure look, that was the joys of it and you know, we we wouldn't have changed it for the world. And I suppose because it was a team that was coming together, we had come together so much on the pitch 
And now it was to become great friends off it. And I think when you become great friends off the pitch, you become even a stronger unit on the pitch. And that's what happened with us, you know. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, the more out into the country you go, the wilder the people are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the case down in Cork anyway. And if you go West Cork, lunatics all together. So we had plenty of them. Yeah, um, and then uh, you have seven uh, all-stars, if I'm right. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Just seven all-stars, 11 on Ireland, not too bad, like. Not too bad. Um, yeah, I suppose, look, like I said, none of us could have had envisioned at the start what would have come off it. And um, I suppose, yeah, the team the team um, developed over the years. And I suppose you kind of get a little bit more confident in yourself and um, those around you. And um, yeah, I think it, it definitely, like I said, it started, it brought out the best in each of us. And um, we really played for each other as much as possible. And, you know, we were... I suppose we never we never envisioned all the accolades that might come with it, but everyone was just so happy for the person next to him, you know, that they had won not Ireland as as happy as you were for yourself that you had won not Ireland. You know, it was just such a I've never been involved in a team like it and I probably never will. Um it was just one of the greatest uh team environments I've ever been involved in. Yeah, I'm just going back to the first All Ireland there. You were saying you were eighteen years of age. Yeah, I was. I was young enough then. Yeah, very. What was it like? A long time ago. <laughs> we, we won't talk about that. Like, but uh, what was it like running out uh, onto Cork Park, playing with the senior team at eighteen yeah. years of age, and winning on yeah. uh, on Ireland, on uh, in all Ireland, like. Yeah, I think our team was actually predominantly, it was a, a young enough team to be fair, I suppose at that time. So 18 wasn't uh, unusual to be 18 because there must have been about maybe six or seven of us starting that were of that age category, you know. Um, I actually think even Amanda Murphy, I'm not sure if she was on the first, I think she actually was on the first all and Amanda was another two years younger than us, like, you know, so she was, she could have even been 16 on that first all and like, you know, so it was just, it was a young team. Like I said, it was merging the young and the older players together. Um, and like, you obviously needed those older players so much, but as well, probably back then, the, the big thing is that, and what's different to now is that we were so used to playing adult grades. We were playing adult grades when we were 12, like at home. Um, I Like I played, a, I was playing with Rock Chapel junior team at 12. Um so we were very used to from a very young age playing up the grade whereas now obviously you know they have age restrictions in place that they're not allowed to play too far up the grades and stuff like that so like even you know 16 year olds now are only probably getting a look in with their clubs at the moment whereas like when we were you know 16 we had a good three four years of playing you know adult grade with our clubs so um by the time we were 18 we were actually fairly you know we were fairly developed we were fairly um, you know, I suppose we had kind of a, a bit of a, a bit of toughness about us playing um senior with our club at home. Um, we were up senior at that stage, obviously as well, and like you were constantly playing against the likes of Juliet Murphy, Rena Buckley, and then with Dunmore. So we were well seasoned in in playing against opposition that were better than us. Um, so I suppose yeah, that probably made us a little bit tougher. Um, so yeah, I suppose being eighteen. The one thing I probably didn't envision was like trying to control your emotions running out. Like I definitely. 
had tears rolling down my face when I was running out onto, onto Croke Park because it's something I suppose when, you, when you're young, it's all you want to do is to play with Cork. It was just the pinnacle of what you wanted to do. And then I suppose to get the opportunity to run out onto Croke Park was just like, I suppose, something that was unimaginable when I was younger. And um, I suppose to be getting, able to do that was just something class and to be able to do it with your best friends then on top of it was just just something unbelievable. Um, and yeah, I suppose, look, thankfully it went on from there. And But I do think we needed someone like Eamon. He kept us extremely level and like he let us have our, our, our time of celebration. But when it came, you know, back to the start, it was like level playing field again. And he was very much a very humble, modest, uh, very honest man. And uh, I think that rubbed off, rubbed off on all of us over the years. Yeah, and then after your Gaelic career, you decided to move over to Australia. And yeah. Try your hat on Aussie rules. How did that decision come up like? Yeah, well, no, I'd finished my um my car career. I retired in two thousand and eighteen, was it? I think two thousand eighteen and I was extremely content with everything with Cork. I had um, you know, I suppose played with my best friends. I had achieved what I wanted to achieve. Um and I felt, you know, that you know, I was content and I was happy to kind of park my hat as well. I suppose I gotten married. Uh, the year previous, uh, we were hoping to start a family and um, I suppose we had just opened up our, our own business um, in Cork as well. So um, myself and my husband were both be teachers, but um, us and his two brothers, we set up our own um, sports supplements and health supplements business called My Core Supplements. So that was taking a massive amount of time as well. Um, the business was obviously in its infancy trying to get that up and running. So it was time to to park the football and I was very happy and content to do so. Um, we were blessed then with a little boy Um, came into our lives in October 2019. So yeah, it just was all lining up. It was wonderful and business was was very, very busy at the start trying to get up and running. Um, and then I suppose I got a phone call um, from Australia asking would I be interested in um, in playing um, professional AFLW. So it wasn't something that I ever sought out. It wasn't something that I ever um envisioned that I would that I would would try but I suppose when the offer was presented to me it was something then that became a new challenge and something that I did really want to try um and I suppose trying to make it work with a family was very very difficult um and I'm extremely grateful to my husband and and my parents um and I suppose little Ogie as well for for coming along the journey with me and and making it what it was because it was just a wonderful a wonderful two years um, in Australia, um, it was three seasons over two years, and uh, I suppose I'm so grateful that I got the chance to experience it and and see what see what it was like. Um, especially probably at an older age to be able to be given that opportunity was something you know I'm very grateful for. And I know there was some fellow Irish over there, including Cora Stanton. Well, yeah. What was it like to play with someone that? You've played against, I'd say, a good few times now at this stage. What was it yeah. like to just to play alongside her this time? Yeah, so um, I suppose actually Cora, I, I should probably mention Cora was probably instrumental in me coming over to Australia. I know she probably gave my name to Alan McConnell, who was the head coach over in the Giants. So I'm very, I'm completely indebted to Cora um, for even, you know, considering um, me, um, I suppose, as someone that, that could kind of mix it over in Australia. So 
she definitely was someone that I I probably only got to know my playing career kind of towards the latter part of it. We have we'd played against each other for years upon years. We and we, I suppose she'd say the same. We wouldn't have liked each other an awful amount because we would have played against each other a lot. Um, and that was just on the field stuff. But I suppose um, we we met on an all star trip. Um, we met on maybe two all star trips, but the, the one in San Fran was probably the one that we really kind of got to know Cora. Um, that's Cork girls got to know Cora, and we all kind of I suppose Cork and the Mayo crowd kind of gravitated towards each other anyway. You know, two culty crowds, and we were chatting away and having the crack and. Uh, we, I really got to know her then, like, and I suppose over the years we kind of became closer. And um, I suppose even though we mightn't have liked each other on the field, there was a massive respect on the field and the massive respect off it. And uh, I suppose to go over to Australia and have her in my corner, to have her on my team, was um vital, I suppose, for me to have experienced the, you know, the experience that I did have. Um, because I, it wouldn't have been the same without her. And um, having her there, kind of teaching me and kind of guiding me and advising me was vital and uh, she definitely made our experience a whole lot better. And then, unfortunately, you had a serious injury in a pre-season game. Um, and I'm sure everyone's seen this video um, where you found out that you are going to make your debut after a yeah. long road. Um, what was it like going through that injury and then just finally making your debut after a long road like yeah um I suppose look I had gotten the call that um you know um that Alan was interested in me and I suppose from that call to the time I went over which was just was the bones of nine ten months I suppose I trained like an absolute dog I made sure that I left no stone unturned um I went over probably the fittest the leanest the fastest, the strongest that I had been in a good couple of years um, because I knew I was going over to a sport that I <clears throat> that wasn't very natural to me. Um, so if I could kind of tick all the boxes in terms of my strength, my speed, my, um, you know, agility and everything like that, if I could tick off all that, then I could completely focus on all the on all the new rules and all the new skills that were required. So I did that and I did that very diligently. And then I suppose for for it to have gone the way it went then in that first game, um, I suppose was very odd, was very upsetting, like very disheartening. And it kind of just shows, look, you're not guaranteed anything in this world. And it doesn't matter even if you put in a lot of hard work that not, you know, it doesn't mean that you deserve to get everything, you know, um, that could possibly come out of it. Um, so yeah, look, it was, ah, it was devastating. Like I suppose it was very, very upsetting for Karak. He was obviously there on the day and he was, you know, trying to mind little Ogie um, on the day. And um, I suppose when we went into the hospital to find out that we, I was millimeters from being paralyzed, that was uh, a very, very scary conversation, probably the scariest conversation I've ever had in my life. And um, I suppose, yeah, it just put, it put everything into perspective. Um, thankfully, I suppose I was able to make um, a full physical recovery. I suppose the mental side of it, I, it probably took a little bit longer Um, you're trying to develop your confidence again you went from you know going hell for leather into things to maybe just being that little bit cautious or or just being you know a little bit nervous obviously Um, after something like that happens so the mental side of it definitely took a, lo- a longer time but I have to credit Cora and Corrick and um coach Alan McConnell for the amount of extra sessions that they did with me because um, I think all those extra sessions just gave me confidence. And I think, look, it doesn't matter if you're after an injury or you're not. 
Uh, if you're confident going into something, um, you're obviously going to play a lot better. So um, I suppose developing my confidence was the big thing. And Alan spent hours upon hours um, doing that with me um, to put me in a position to make my debut. And I suppose when I when I did finally get the chance, by God, I held on to it. And um, I ended up playing all 10 games that season, which, you know, was something that I was very, very proud of, given the way that the season previous had gone, you know? Yeah. And just talk to me. You mentioned there that you set up your own business in 2017. Yeah. With your husband and his brothers. His, or your brothers. Yeah. No, his brothers, yeah. So it's a right family affair, yeah. Um, where did the idea of that come from? Um, so my husband was act- would actually be very heavily involved in sport himself. He would have been um, Cork, uh, Cork Tool Minor, Cork um, Tool Under 21 as well. And uh, he, he, like, he obviously would have been involved in sport for many, many years. But after 2000, uh, no, sorry, the month, the January, I suppose, of Jan of uh, twenty seventeen, he had to get a shoulder. His shoulder pinned. Um, his shoulder had been causing him bother. Um, in sport and GA and hurling. Um, for for a while before that, so he was like, right, now's the time. After the wedding, I'll get the shoulder sorted. So he actually got the shoulder sorted and used his time extremely well. Um, it was something that was always in the back of his mind. It was his brainchild to set up this business, and he. I'd say he took his whole recovery time anyway, looking into all the ins and outs of setting up this business. And by the time he had finished his um, recovery, the business was established. The name was established. We had, you know, everything in place. And then I suppose it went from there. So to be fair, it's his brainchild. And then the rest of us just completely rode in with it. Um, But it's uh, sports supplements and health supplements. And I suppose four of us would be very heavily involved in sport and you know, towards the end of all our careers, we would all be looking for the anything extra to give us even that 1% to get that bit better, to help us recover quicker, anything like that. Um, So instead of kind of, I suppose, giving the business to Holland and Barrett or any of those boys, we said we'd uh, set up our own. And, you know, thankfully it's gone from strength to strength. Um, It's an awful amount of hard work. And even when we were away in Australia, obviously taking two of the directors over to Australia wasn't ideal, but um, we did as much as we could, I suppose, away from home. And uh, now that we're home and we're home for good, it's all hands on deck. So um, we're actually opening up our, our second uh, shop now across the other side of the city in, in Blackpool uh, in the coming weeks. So it's uh, thankfully going from strength to strength, but uh, very enjoyable working with, with family and uh, no fights yet anyway, such as Grant. Let's hope it continues that way, Emma. Yeah, yeah. I'll see. We'll let, we'll let you know how the second one goes. The second shop could break us, but sure, we'll see. Yeah, must be exciting times. So, getting the shop ready and stuff like that. Yeah, it is, and like even coming back and back training with the club now and stuff, and just absolutely enjoying it. Like I love football. Football's been my first love and will always be my my love. And uh, I suppose it just comes naturally because you've played it for so many years. So I just love that it's uh it's a it's effortless kind of playing club football at home. So I'm really, really enjoying that and looking forward to a long season of that ahead, hopefully. And just like, there's a lot of people going over to Australia now playing Aussie Ruins, like, well, you have Orlo Dwyer, you have Oshin Mullen, like, yeah, yeah, there are, there are loads loads of them going over. Like, do you think whoever, like, gets that opportunity, do you think they should 
100% take it like. Um, yeah, like it is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, it's not going to be for everyone. And I, you probably wouldn't work that out until you go over there yourself. It's very different lifestyle. Um, and I think probably the ideal age to go over would be around the 23 mark, 23, 24 mark. Um, you've kind of gone through your schooling. You might have a degree under your belt. You've something under your belt. And then you can, um, I suppose you're a bit more mature. You've kind of lived away from home. Um, I think I was the fa- the other side of that like, as well, then the other extreme. Whereas like, um, I, I suppose to be a professional player, you have to be selfish. And I suppose that was the thing that I found very difficult because I was going over with my family. I found it very hard to be selfish um, because I suppose, you know, a mother's nature would always push their their kid first. Um, so that was something that I probably struggled with the most when I was away was, um, I suppose, kind of putting myself first. So I definitely think the ideal age is around the 23, 24 mark. Um, if someone does get the opportunity, like you would have to try it. You would 100% have to try it. And if it's not for you, you'll work that out fairly fast. And if it is, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful experience that you'll probably never get a chance to do at home in Ireland because the professional lifestyle isn't available here, unfortunately. But it's funny, like I wouldn't change our games for the world. You know, I love, I love um, that we're an amateur sport. Um, I think it has made us tougher. I think it's made us more resilient. And I think that's something that really stands to the Irish when they go over. Their agility is on show. Their strength is on show. Um, but just their their toughness. There's a toughness in the Irish um that go over there, and that's definitely down to I suppose maybe having to, you know, work that bit harder and having to juggle a lot of balls um, you know, at home in Ireland because you've to work, you've to you've to do your gyms at maybe unorthodox times, you've to try to fit everything in and it makes you that little bit kind of steelier, I think, in in, in your head um and kind of tougher um physically as well. Um, so the Irish are definitely well received over there in terms of what they add to the game. Um, but like if you get an opportunity, like you'd have to take it. Um, it is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And although I only went over for two years, I'm so, so glad that I gave it a try um, because it's definitely an experience that has shaped me um, and one that myself and my young family, you know, will will remember for many, many years to come. Well, Range, it's been a pleasure to have you on. I, no bother. I appreciate your time. And no bother. Thank you so much. Leave the last word to you. Oh, to any young player out there, um, it's just important to turn up and I suppose make sure that you're a reliable team member. Um, you don't always have to be the fastest. You don't always have to be the fittest. But by turning up and showing how reliable you are, um, and bringing your strengths, you are adding a huge value to your team and. Every time that you turn up, you are going to get a little bit better um, at other aspects that need need improvement. And, you know, the better you get, the more enjoyment you get from it and the longer you're going to stay with it. So my advice to any young person out there that is maybe on the fence would be turn up and uh, just give it a go. And you'll never you'll never regret a, a session anyway. I, I, I don't know. I couldn't even count how many sessions I've gone through, but I didn't regret one single uh, session that I ever did. Um, so turn up and enjoy it. Well, thanks all. I just want to say a big thank you to Bridge for coming on. I really appreciate her time. I really enjoyed the chat and I have been waiting to get her on for ages. 
just to talk about her sporting career like she has a lot of strings to her bow so it was great to finally get her on and I hope she enjoyed the chat and I just want to wish her all the best with her business. Thank you.